seems a pity to miss such a good pudding. Welcome to Euro Pudding, Welcome. Season 2, Episode 5. Euro Pudding is the European screenwriter's podcast about writing and producing better TV in Europe with weird accents. Very weird accents. Hello, my name is Pierre Puget. <laughs> I'm a French writer based in Berlin. He's drinking. Uh, sorry, I had to take a sip of that very, very gorgeous uh, tea that you made. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, I'm Philip Schatzer. I'm a German writer. I'm also based in Berlin. And this podcast is made by Sean. This, that's the Serialize Alumni Network. We are an association of screenwriters and producers from all over Europe who went through the Serialize writing program here in Berlin. And if you want to know more about the writers and producers that are the members of Sean, if you want to know more about Serialize or anything else, you can check our website, SeanTV.net. It's Sean tv.net and while you are checking stuff uh, use your app your podcast app to give us some uh, stars go to like apple podcast to give hearts stars whatever it will help us thumbs up Uh, and um thank you so what have you been up to (laughs) that's the question yes uh we actually celebrated i want to mention that we celebrated 10 years of serialize uh not that not that long ago right it's true yes yes there was a very nice party with a lot of uh, alumni and uh a lot uh, of drinks drinks and and uh, a lot of the uh, core tutors and it was a it was almost too much i would say (laughs) like like (laughs) in terms emotionally to to meet again all these people it's quite overwhelming yeah Yeah, i I feel like after after two hours i i stopped having uh, any meaningful uh things to say because it was just uh, just a yeah. lot but it was really lovely to, but it to made meet me, like, really again. emotional in parts you know it made me kind of think of my uh, uh, the year i spent in serial eyes was uh, 2018 2019 and yeah to, i don't know like meet all the new people meet all the people uh was but yeah it was just a fun night and i was i have to admit i was still quite all over the place because that day i had just returned from my holiday uh two weeks in jamaica yes first time which was amazing I was quite overwhelmed by that too um, cause like, I don't know. I mean, it's Jamaica. It's mine. I mean, it's sure. like, you have to get, get into the vibe of the, uh, of the country of the Island. And, and once li- you're in li- that vibe. Yeah. Uh, listeners, you should see the tan that, that <laughs> Phil is sporting. It's, uh, uh, with a white shirt. It's, it's, it's very, uh, Californian. Yeah, now. definitely. Yes. I mean, the white shirt makes it even more, uh, makes it even more tan. Exactly. But, but so you enjoy your holidays. You needed that. Yeah, definitely. I needed that. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm energized now. I'm a bit quite, a bit all over the place. It's like, it's difficult to get back into organizing stuff and organizing your life and everything once you've been into this, like, no problem, man, uh, state of being in a way. So uh, No, there are problems. <laughs> yeah. No, the Jamaicans, basically what they said uh, while I took a, 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 a tour to some uh, waterfalls, uh, the guy named Garfield, he was a bus driver, he basically told us that in Jamaica, you only you, not, you don't have problem. So they, they really mean it when they say there's no problem, man. So you only have situations. And for every situation, you have a solution. So that's the, the philosophy that they have. So it's quite sure. nice, actually. Yeah, uh, that's on, that we here, good. In Berlin, we need more of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. What have you been up to? Well, I've also uh, been away for 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 some time. Uh, less exotic location. I was in the countryside in Sweden. But also, uh, mate, that's nice. Yes, it, it was really nice. Uh, you know, like deers and rabbits in the garden. Uh, a little, you know, a little cottage. And uh, uh, yeah, I had a lot of things to to, to finish. Uh, uh, so uh, we finished writing the the pilot um, that actually we're going to talk uh, about more in detail in this uh, episode. Ah, nice. Little teasing. Uh, now I'm quite curious. Um, so I worked on that a lot and did the French translation, also for reasons we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Now I'm even more curious. And uh, But still, uh, uh, we took the time to visit around the, the region, uh, which uh, is uh, uh, the region of the, the family of my girlfriend. And, and mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it was a, it's very lovely. There's a, You can get used to the to the way of life of, uh, of the Swedes over there. Like, like it's very, I bet, I it's bet. very comfy. It's very charming. It's, yeah. uh, you know, the little fika, you know, when you go have a, a coffee and cake yeah. in the afternoon, and like, I don't know, like there's something very charming. It's like so, a nice, so nice structure to the day. Exactly, and the, and and for 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 me, it was 
one of the best months I had of routine. Of course, I had deadlines, which helped a lot with routine. But but um, so yeah, so that was uh, that was quite good. And and last month it, it went by in a flash because I was teaching uh, screenwriting. Yeah, Where? Uh, at the Met Film School, which is a London private film school, but they have a branch here in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I give a very specific class about TV writing, where they have to do like a few exercises, and and we do of course theory and uh, and, and writers' room simulation and this kind of things. Yeah. but it was very intense. Uh, uh, like every day, uh, big like days. Eight, eight uh, to ten but, hours every day. Yeah, it was big, but but it it went, you know, super fast. And I have to say, uh, the students were very you know, uh, fun to work yeah. with and very like uh, curious and and participating and willing to learn. And yeah, exactly. So when you do writers' rooms and stuff, yeah. you know, you need you know, with, especially with people who never did that in their life, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you need some form of enthusiasm, you know. So yeah. that was really nice. And you could pass along your wisdom. Exactly. So so. Uh, I mean, wisdom, I, I don't know, but like, yeah, I, I, I hope, you <laughs> know, like... You can call it wisdom. Yeah, I hope I have some stuff to say yeah, yeah. about, you, about all this. You've experienced yes, some yes. things so, in your life. <laughs> yes, exactly. So so I'm also like kind of uh, uh, coming back to my uh, uh, daily home routine and yeah. being like, oh, oh, okay, yes, I have to do that now, uh, uh, you know. So so I'm very curious about what the summer will bring. It's yeah. it's a very, it's very mysterious. Uh, and it feels well, like a time of change to me right now it feels like a lot of things i mean you kind of i don't know you I, I, you meet different people i mean maybe it's also because like i'm still in a bit of like a vacation vibe or everything probably but, yes but yes. still yeah. it feels like things are changing i don't know to me i mean things are changing in 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 the, our business of course the writer strike uh, uh yes. of the wga in the u.s is is definitely um very interesting to follow and, and and in a way inspiring, you know, how strong the, and, and unify these uh, writers are. Uh, um, and, and it seems that what they're fighting for is exactly the things we also need to fight for uh, yeah. on the other side of the Atlantic. Um, I, I think we feel with that and, and you know, I think this, this strike marks a, a change in how we see these streamers and all these American global yeah, hopefully, companies hopefully. Who, who, you know, like maybe I think, and I was really part of everyone who was a bit blinded by the bling bling and by the, you know, they brought money and really, really good projects yeah. and, and a better attention to writers. I think all this is true. And at the same time now it's easy to realize how, yeah, we were a bit, I don't know, blinded by, by, yeah, yeah. by also blinded, all the bad side, yeah, you know, yeah, and the, yeah. the over control that they, that they exert. And, and I don't know. So, so there's, Yes, there's a lot yeah. of change also with that. I think yeah. like we we see happening, but there's one thing that um, I hope we uh, will make happen this summer is actually more regular episodes of yeah. Euro Pudding. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, we've always struggled with that because we, do, we, of course, you know, we do it on the side and everything. And but um, we have a lot of ideas planned, and uh, we only need to. Yes. Find a bit more of a routine. Exactly. Once again, it's all about the routine. But uh, uh, for now, let's start with this episode. Yes, and today we start exploring the possibilities for writers to get grants and public funding for their TV projects in Europe. And first, we turn to one of the biggest players in that world, to France and its official Centre for Cinema, the CNC, which stands for, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Pierre, Centre National du Cinéma et de l'Image Animée, right? It's very nice. I think I think the accent makes, makes everything. So, <laughs> writers, uh, especially listen up, because wherever you live, there might be some interesting uh, information there for you, uh, uh, for maybe some of the projects that you are working on that could actually fit exactly uh, for this grant. So, uh, And I can talk about this because I have received this help uh, before, uh, uh, thanks to the sensei. So to talk about this uh, in the pudding, we welcome Louis Bonneau, who is a project manager for the Audiovisual Innovation Fund at the sensei in Paris. Welcome. Hello, Louis. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks Thank for you for being here. Um, so first, uh, how are you? Good, pretty good. Been been fairly busy over the last couple of days. Actually, uh, reading projects, having them uh, checked by our external professionals. We'll actually deep dive into that, I think. But uh, long day, but good to be here once again. How about you guys? Very uh, sunny uh, uh, day finally in Berlin, and uh, yes, lots of work, and uh, uh, yes, also some meetings about one of these uh, uh, projects. And um, yes, um, have you been in Cannes? No, no, uh, feature film focus, talking about TV series here, right? <laughs> yes, but yes. some of the colleagues were for sure, big, big can edition, I think, yeah. 
Yes, that's that's what I heard too. But yeah, as TV writers, we don't we don't we don't go there. All right. So uh, uh, let me introduce you briefly to our audience. So before joining the CNC, you studied public affairs and interest representation at Sciences Po Bordeaux. Uh, you followed this by MA in art and cultural management at King's College London, and you did a Chinese certification at Taiwan University. You were also the audiovisual attaché at the Consulate General of France in Hong Kong and Macau for two years. So. What attracted you first uh, into these uh, careers, which are the border between arts and public policy? Uh, um, because it seems like you you really went for this. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it it was um, you know to be able to to nurture a certain kind of international environments. So obviously between English speaking world, uh, France, francophonie, and and then um, Asia through Chinese language. But um, it's it's basically a mix of public policy making, project management, and public relations in the arts with a, this focus on, on TV series. And uh, it's also um, very interesting for me to be able to uh, support writers and content creators uh, in their endeavors. So I've been doing that in, in Africa first, in Ghana, then in Hong Kong. 2019 and now I've been at CNC so back in France in Paris for over uh, two years and a half now great so so uh, um, what what made you come back to France and join the the CNC after this uh, experience in in uh, other countries yeah well um, I've been working with some festivals public and private bodies and production companies and writers back in Hong Kong Uh, on the on the live action slash drama level, but also on the animation side, and I was very curious and interested in keep on carrying on this kind of uh, of, of work and mission with them. Um, and there was this opportunity back to France, which was also a personal choice. You know, after living a couple of years abroad, I guess uh, Philippe, you too, and I assume Pierre, you're French Belgium. You've been around as well, so you know sometimes you you feel like you need to be anchored, rooted down again to some place. I happen to be French, so I, I eventually uh, came back to France. Yeah, definitely. I lived in England for three years, so I have I know what I know what the feelings like. <laughs> so, so what um, are you day to day like responsibilities at the at the sensei? What do you what do you oversee and, and cover, and and what does it look like? All right. So I, I work at the um, audiovisual directorate. So basically, the unit um, responsible for for policy making for TV, uh, basically local channels uh, and global streamers uh, alike. And my my mission, uh, um, I've got three different missions. The first and main one uh, that we're going to also talk about today is um, managing a subsidy scheme. So uh, grants for uh, projects spearheaded by writers in the first place, and also for independent producers. It's called the Fondade à l'innovation audiovisuelle in French, which is uh, the audiovisual innovation fund, as you as you mentioned. That's the main job. So it's running the, the operations, coordinating a small team's work. Uh, we're three on that, three full-time people on that, and um, providing advice, follow-up on projects from the first writing stages and to, until they find a broadcaster, they find a first home, so to say. And uh, it's also a lot of uh, admin, financial and um, management, uh, contract and uh, artistic analysis of projects, uh, along with some budget management, for instance. Great. And the second part of the job, uh, it's more about public relations, so including, uh, for instance, uh, uh, sort of showcasing and, and getting into the The, the back door, so to say, of what we've been doing at CNC uh, with this podcast uh, for Sean or uh, taking part into major festivals and and, uh, and uh, TV series, um, industry events like Series Mania, Dakar Series in Senegal just uh, three weeks ago I was there. Could be also uh, some local festivals like the Festival des Scénaristes de Valence, Screenwriters Festival in France in Valence next week, stuff like that. Also trying to promote what we do and, and teach um, and help The, the students, the screenwriter students, uh, mostly uh, located in France, to uh, understand more uh, about the sensei and how they can benefit from our supports. Great. So I think uh, 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 earlier uh, when we started uh, before before recording, uh, uh, Philippe was like, "So what exactly is the sensei?" So so I feel like, uh, and my first answer was like, "Whoa, it covers so much." But uh, maybe you have a. a short way of explaining what the CNC is and does in general? Yeah, yeah, well, essentially it was built after the Second World War to promote and support French cinema and then it stretched out until supporting the video games industry or even transmedia projects nowadays or YouTube content creators, for instance. So it spans across all the industry fields uh, related to moving image. 
So cinema through TV series, through video games. And the, the CNC um, has a kind of a special status on a, on a worldwide level, actually, which is uh, though we are operating at arm's length of the French government and the the um, supervision of the French Ministry for Culture, we run mostly on independent budgets. So they're not directly granted by the government on a yearly basis. It's levy based. So we collect taxes from the industry and we re-inject it into the industry. So for instance, when you go watch a film in France, uh, be it on Netflix or at a movie theater, some uh, part of your ticket will be refunded back to the CNC and then we can reinvest this into the, the, the creation process. And we're also a public body. So uh, 100% uh, public body providing public services as well. Great, that's clear. And and I think what's, in, of course, it does a lot for French cinema and TV and production, but not just French uh, 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 creators, right? Because uh, Sensei helps a lot of uh, uh, cinema du monde, like worldwide cinema, but, but also um, uh, what interests us today is uh, you have a few programs that are actually aiming at uh, international uh, TV writers. Sure. Yeah, we can we can definitely talk about that. Um, we do quite a lot of for uh, TV writers in particular on an international scale as well. So I'm gonna focus today on on what we do, which is TV and series uh, support to writers. I'm not talking about other content makers like video games, feature films, and so on. Right. Yeah. And um, and most of our support is related to European nationals and uh, or French speaking writers as well, including francophonie writers. Um, and we, we have different kind of, uh, of support to writers. The first one would be public policy making. So we worked on implementing regulations and policies that benefit the film industry, including screenwriters. For instance, um, we're going to specifically talk about one of the grants that we have, which is unique in Europe, called the COCOE, so the, the grant for co-writing international TV series for teams of writers across Europe. We also do lots of project funding, so providing financial support for projects, especially screenwritings. Um, we also run some script development assistance and assessment programs. So for instance, we have been partnering with uh, festivals or public bodies across Europe, Series Mania, Sarajevo Film Festival in Bosnia, Herzegovina, for instance, uh, among others. And we uh, also have some script writing residency. We have the Israel-France drama co-writing residency, for instance, with the Hi-Fi International Film Festival in Israel and Series Mania in France. We have La Fabrique Boulevard des Séries, which is a, a francophone, so French and, and French-Canadian writers-based program in LA for three weeks in October every year. And then we also have some um, international cooperation. So CNC actively participates in international collaborations and exchanging because we support the development of projects. We collaborate, of course, with other countries, films, institutions to promote uh, co-production opportunities, as well as facilitating sharing of knowledge, know-how and resources for writers. So for instance, we just launched this year a new program uh, coined going European to train teams of writers with different partners across Europe and um, European Commission's media program um, financial supports. Or um, one more example would be uh, the, Fran the Canada France Series Lab. So we were matchmaking platform for producers to co-develop TV series. So all in all, we've got lots of international cooperation opportunities for, for writers working from an international perspective from scratch. Like how how is it? You talked about co-productions. Just a, a quick question: Is it like does one of like uh, does one of the production companies like have to be a French one, or could it also like just be like Germany and England, for instance? I'm just because you said so, it's like all across uh, uh, across across Europe. So yes, well, we have some dedicated. Um, support programs for French companies, obviously, operating mm -hmm. from yeah. France because the, with the, the French Cinema Center, uh, uh, French uh, Center for Cinema and Moving Image. We also have some dedicating programs for France and foreign, for French and foreign co-producers. Um, lots of them actually revolve around the uh, feature filmmaking mm -hmm. and, and some more fairly news about TV series, like the initiative that I, uh, I shared with you, which is the, the Canada France Series Lab. So matchmaking producers from across the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, so Canada and France together to their common benefits. Yeah. Great. But uh, uh, a lot of the other uh, uh, grant and, and program you talked about are, are not for producers, but for uh, writers only, right? 
We, we have basically, we cover up the whole creation and, and value chain from uh, the, the first writing stages. So of course, we're going to provide support in the first place to the content creators, to the writers themselves. Some programs are dedicated, 100% dedicated to writers. They're the one asking for the support. They're the one who might benefit from this support. Other ones on the later, cha- on the later stage, maybe pre-development, once you've got a, a pilot script written down, uh, for instance, will be uh, uh, supporting an duos of pro- of writers and producers alike then we have exclu- like programs dedicated to producers and so on until basically they complete the financing the project goes into production and eventually uh, uh, is broadcasted so co- covering up all the value chain starting with the writers of course so so uh, let's let's uh, dive more in detail about the kokoi uh, the, this uh, uh, grant for for writing for co-writing for co-production um why why did this uh, uh, grant uh, uh, started like like what what is the need uh, uh, behind it it's actually i think a fairly good question because it's it's a fairly new program it's been uh, it's, it's been launched in 2018 so not even 5 years ago and it's unique uh, across europe um but before that we were interested in uh, uh, a few uh, key analysis that we had. So on, on the French level, writers has, have been increasingly interested in writing TV series, um, but we've had mostly Franco-French TV series with little international focus. And we have more opportunities nowadays for collaborating between different European writers. You guys, uh, we're here talking about Shen uh, as well. And, and as you know, it encourages this kind of uh, collaboration from across nationalities and different countries. Uh, there's some more residencies uh, popping up in the last couple of years, and there's a market, there's a pool of talents that is matured enough. And one more thing about that, driving to the creation of these special grants, is that international co-productions have remain very few today on the European scale, and they're mainly financial. So they're mainly initiated by producers and broadcasters trying to tap into bigger financial opportunities spanning across different territories or countries. But our goal for this grant is to encourage scriptwriters to collaborate with European or French-speaking authors to initiate international TV series from the creation phase. So initiated, spearheaded by the writers themselves. And it's also a test and learn approach because the more you write, the more experience you get, the more feedback you get on that and the best, the better you get. And in the end, it provides, we, we aim at, we want to contribute to building better European intellectual properties that can address contemporary European audiences' needs and desires, and that eventually can compete with the best uh, premium series in the world. Um, so that's what's at the background, the genesis of the, the inception of the of the grants. Um, yeah, that's super interesting. Your question. I, I, no, I like I like the idea uh, uh, of you know. Um, Co-producing is not just about money, uh, uh, but this is about like also co-producing ideas, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, and I think there's something very, uh, very interesting in that, and and the idea that that mm-hmm. uh, some a public uh, fund would want to push uh, this. So, um, why did you decide to make it only like to aim really at writers? It, it, it was because it has to start from from the beginning, right? Exactly. Um, for us, it's very important to help writers. Only at this stage, uh, though, as I said, we have other additional supports for writers and producers and producers specifically. But first, writers are at the forefront of the creation process. It's obvious, but you have no writers, you have no projects. Um, and we want to foster original creation here as well, originals. And we aim at supporting writers at the most vulnerable, risk-taking writing stage. Basically, at this stage, when they apply to this grant, they have no guarantee that the projects will be ever completed. They are not being even paid for what has been done and what lays ahead. So, um, as I said, we basically covers up the entire production value ch- chain from writings when writers are on their own, coming up with a fresh, risk-taking TV series concepts onto international distribution to the benefit of the, of the projects in the end. As in early 2003, uh, this grant for co-producing international TV series has already supported about 91 writers from 23 different countries. So Germany, UK, Italy, Spain, but also Finland in the Nordics, uh, Senegal, Benin in, uh, in West Africa, Lebanon, 
uh, or even some nationals from Korea and Tunisia, among others. So we really span and tap into a wide pool of international talents with a European focus, obviously. That sounds amazing, actually. I mean, it's, uh, I'm quite a blank page on this topic, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, what you're saying, like, sounds amazing to me. So I definitely, like, would uh, apply for one of these grants. But actually, uh, what I was wondering, like, for me as a German writer, for example, like, how does it actually, how, what would the process be like if I have, like, an idea, an original idea for a series? How would I go about it? How would I approach you? So maybe we, before talking about the application process itself and who can benefit from it, we can talk about how uh, this works. Um, so this grant for co-writing international co-production series uh, is part of the TV Innovation Fund, the Audiovisual Innovation Fund at the CNC, and it's a selective subsidy scheme. It means that um, obviously CNC as a public institution is not assessing the projects. Mm -hmm. We use external feedback and analysis from seasoned professionals, from experts on uh, international productions, what we call in commission or committee. Uh, and I'm sure that you, you, you have pretty much the same system as well, uh, for instance, in Germany or uh, across other um, European countries uh, uh, that you listeners are, are listening from. And then we really support the writing of series that are intended to become international co-production. So roughly 30 plus minutes per episode, half an hour to an hour episodes. And we're talking about live action. So no documentary or no animation. And we focus on creative risk-taking projects. Um, I can deep dive into what we intend uh, with uh, what we mean by risk-taking project maybe a bit later. And we support a wild array of different genres, uh, comedy, drama, thriller, action, adventure, fantasy, historical drama, period drama, horror, uh, science fiction, and so on. And it's a 50,000 euro grants for one team of several writers, at least two eligible writers. And we cover the writing of a pilot script and diverse collaboration expenses. So translation, transportation, documentation fees, consulting, uh, and so on. So that's the ground uh, basis of these grants. And, the, and, the, and the, um, the financing obviously comes from the, the CNC budget. And then um, maybe we can, of course, talk about who can apply, if that's your question, Philippe. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, as a German writer, we've been supporting a number of French German projects. But um, at least two writers of different nationalities can apply, European and or francophone. So European would be basically not only the EU with 27 countries, but also Britain, Liechtenstein, uh, Switzerland, Norway, until Turkey, for instance. So an extended version of, of Europe. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to deep dive into like details, but um, nationals from um, member states that sign a treaty on TV with the Council of Europe are also eligible to this scheme. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Balkans region, for instance, the former Yugoslavia countries, and also Francophone countries uh, that are outside of Europe. So Canada is a good example, Senegal, Benin, Western French-speaking African countries, for instance. And we've had an increasingly um, appealing number of applications from these countries. And then usually you have at least one French co-writer. It's not uh, a regulation by law, but due to the What's at stake in terms of uh, artistic uh, guidelines, uh, that's usually the case. And it's very important that eligible writers are also eligible not only on nationality, but on previous writing experience or specific training required. For instance, you're a graduate from, from, from Serial Eyes, you can apply to these grants. Mm -hmm. Or it could be through previous writing experience, like in film, in TV, in theater, novels. But we're talking mostly about seasoned writers, people that know that been taking part in the creation or in the making of TV series that have been broadcasting or in the development already. Um, so that's about who can apply. Does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that definitely helps. Yeah, great. Okay. So, so, so now we have a, uh, can you maybe tell a bit more about like, like uh, how the, these uh, committees uh, uh, selecting the, reading the projects, like, like, like how, how, how these works uh, and who, who are part, I mean, not, not, not necessarily giving names, but like what kind of, of uh, uh, jobs or, or, or people do they, do they represent? Sure. Yes. The, the list is public, uh, of course. And um, I'm sure you can adapt to the, the links at the end of the, of the show uh, that, uh, viewers and, and listeners can uh, can uh, find back. But uh, it's a selection that is being run by experts committee. They're hailing from across the industry in France, but uh, they have some, most of them have some strong co-production experience, international production experience under the belt. And uh, there are 30, 13 members. They are appointed by the CNC's president 
and they have a two years mandate. So total duration is two years and they rotate and, and refresh and the, the composition of this, uh, of this committee every two years. It's 50-50% uh, men and women. So we, uh, we have a parity uh, principle and it works as, uh, through, through meetings. So basically, once CNC receives the project, every year we have two applications. One, in the, one is in August, another one in January. So in August, it's going to be from the 30 to 31st of August. Once again, all the information will be at the end of the show. And once we receive the project, we assess that they're eligible based on the nationality and experience of the writers, but also on the on the projects themselves that we're gonna talk about later. And then the experts, they have about one month to one to one month to five weeks to assess the projects. Um, then they uh, convene at CNC for a, a whole day and they assess the project together. So it's really a conversation and a discussion, and they're gonna really get into the nitty gritty points. It's a really in-depth analysis. So um, they may be spending uh, 10 to 15 minutes per project and everybody has its own uh, opinion, but usually they're really close. They share the same viewpoint on the project. What's main strength, weaknesses, and should they benefit or not benefit from the grant at this stage? So um, it's also very much based on the majority voting. So say you have nine members uh, Analyzing the project on that day, you need at least five positive votes for the project to get a support. But usually the, they are really uh, sharing the same, uh, most of the time they share the same uh, uh, analysis and piece of advice on the projects. And these professionals, they're, who are they? They basically, um, they, they relate to all the different kind of positions that you find in the TV series creation and, 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 and in the TV series creation uh, and industry. So it's always, uh, the president is always a writer or a director because it's a hallmark of these grants is providing support to writers and writers only in the first place. The vice president is a producer. So the current president, uh, for instance, it's Vienne de Basque, it's a French uh, feature film and TV series director with a long running uh, Les Grands uh, uh, young adult uh, drama uh, that received multiple awards, including a national festival, La Rochelle, for instance. The vice president is Pierre Logier. He's been working on uh, for platforms and, and local channels as well with itinerary production and uh, international production as well. And you also have some um, some broadcasters, so local uh, international broadcasters, platforms, and local channels, private and public. So, for instance, we have the head of uh, of uh, of drama for Arte France. And uh, the vice head of drama for Disney Plus France. Um, we also have uh, multiple consultants, uh, directors, screenwriters, obviously in the first place. So that's globally who they are and, and how they work. And they also represent the different kind of target audiences and group members that they work on usually. So ranging from uh, from teen to young adult to to family or co-viewing. So a very broad perspective from the industry. Great. So. Uh, it sounds like a pretty intense day to make all these decisions, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I can confirm. It's always super interesting. And and, uh, and writers are, are very uh, are much in demand uh, of all this feedback that we actually provide. Every time your, your project has been uh, submitted to this committee, CNC offers some, some analysis feedback. And I take usually myself half an hour with the, the teams to give them everything that's been uh, said, provide them with a some material to uh, help them think mm -hmm. further and, and get some more advice about how to better develop the project. Great. So I think now we can jump into, we know how yeah. it works, what to expect. So, so now let's dive into uh, the application. So first, maybe to summarize the uh, uh, eligibility. So who can uh, apply? Team of at least two co-writers from Europe or Francophonie, but like Europe thought in a very wide way. Um, like Europe, not just the EU. So exactly. If you use the term Europe, exactly, that's yeah. what you mean, yes. right? Okay. And um, ideally, one of them is French uh, uh, or, or living in France. Uh, uh, that's not mandatory, but that's that's what you said is uh, is usually like a, a kind of expected. Uh, and 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 they need to be able to prove uh, either a decent CV already in in working in the industry or have a, a diploma from a big. Uh, um, specific or, training or about directing or, or writing uh, TV series, feature films, and so on. Um, and it's at least two writers of different nationalities. So most of the time, obviously, one of them at least is French. 
Um, and it's also because these grants, when we're, we're talking about these grants, we're also talking about um, a connection to France. Could be in terms of the teams of writers, could be in terms of the storytelling, um, in terms of the subject, tone, genre, the shooting location, some of the characters, the relationship with French, French-speaking culture, for instance. There's this link, what we call un, un lien patrimonial avec la France. So this sort of cultural link with France that's also going to be assessed uh, among other um, criteria. Great. So, so what uh, uh, what does the application look like? Like, what need to be to be sent to be to be uh, if if the writers are eligible, then then what is going to be read by this uh, committee? Sure. So, there are two things to have in mind. The first one is the basic rules of submission, and then the application itself. Rules of submission: the application by and for the writers, uh, eligible writers, no contract with the producer or development agreement with the broadcaster so far, and the writers' repartition of the fifty thousand euro grants has been to be agreed beforehand. So maybe you get a 50-50 or 50 or 60, 40% and so on. You can only apply once to the grant scheme and uh, the payment is made in two installments. You get 70% upon decision and 25% upon validation of your developed version. You hand over some work uh, and we'll double check it and then uh, provide you with the rest of the grants. And the application has to be in French, although the series can be multilingual. This being Said, that's the rules of application. Moving on to the application itself, um, we're basically expecting a 30 pages max application that's going to be assessed by the committee, including the following elements, a pre-bible, so the concepts, the story words, the main characters, developments, um, a letter of intent, which is a very important piece, where the writers are together um, jointly expressing why they've been teaming up on the project, How did they meet? Where did the project come from? Who does what? What are the next stages uh, of writing? And obviously, we'll also have some narrative elements on top of the pre-Bible. We might have a synopsis, even some treatment, pitches, acts, and so on. It's pretty, it varies depending on the project itself. Usually, at least one detailed synopsis. For instance, on a one-hour period drama, you might have a pilot synopsis, which is pretty detailed, pretty much in length, maybe five to five, six to eight pages, for instance. Depends. Um, so I said 30 pages max, excluding your resume. Obviously, you have to attach your resume at the end of the application, and it's an application in French. That's it, basically. Plus, everything you'd like to tap into, mood boards, some sound design perspectives, uh, could be some more narrative material. Up to you, writers. need to be able to pursue the committee at, uh, on that stage that it's a, a relevant application. But is that, all that you mentioned just now, apart from the resume, of course, but uh, is that all like included in those like 30 pages max? If, if I make a mood board that's like three pages long, that's included in the 30 pages, right? Yes, everything is including the 30 pages. It's capped to 30 pages, excluding the resume. Okay. Yeah, so so it's it's quite already uh, um, uh, a quite developed uh, uh, work that, that, that is expected. Precisely. And it's very important that um, our listeners have this in mind. It's a grant that is more earmarked by experienced writers. So once again, people that took part in the in the creation of, of TV series or, or even feature film, be they directors or writers. But it's also a very ambitious uh, grant with high expectation due to the objectives that I shared with you. So uh, we have a We get about, we have two application sessions a year, as I mentioned. We might get um, about 15 applications at the moment per session, and then we have about a 20-25% uh, selection ratio. So it's pretty selective, and you cannot reapply again, and it needs to be already fleshed out. You cannot only come up with a one-pager concept, for instance. Obviously, it's not going to work out. You need to provide elements um, so that the committee has enough material for them to analyze, assess, and also to really understand about your main characters, how they being carried throughout the whole narrative. Great. So, so maybe, uh, um, I mean, I can start maybe talking a bit more in detail about the, the project that, that uh, I am part of that got the, the, this COCOE grant uh, last year. Um, and, and to explain a bit more, because I've been through that uh, uh, process um so uh 
Yeah, so it was exactly like, I think the the thing that now, I mean, it's only a few years that this project exists, but I feel now already, I mean, I know, I mean, because I've been privileged to to, to, to get this project, uh, this funding, but um, I feel like I can identify when an idea feels right for it. And of course, not all ideas seems that it would work for, for this kind of uh, of help and, and, and type of work. But um, basically, when, when you feel like, oh, naturally, like from the start, you you think in the project with different nationalities and people and culture and like like, like already, you know, like there's an excitement in, in that that is very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we have this experience, of course, going through yeah. uh, uh, CLIs because it's a, by nature a very uh, international environment. But, and... And I think that that makes sense that that um, several serialized uh, uh, alumni got this grant in the last few years because, like, naturally we we have these connections between between European writers. Um, but so what happened? So we got this uh, funding last year for a project called Bluebeard's Daughters, um, which is uh, written by Bella Bagota and Judith Balanzi, who are two Hungarian mm-hmm. uh, writers. Uh, Bella is a director. Um, he was the one who. who had the idea of doing um, a, a miniseries. I mean, actually, didn't know it was a miniseries at the time, but like wanted to do a TV project about uh, a true crime, yeah. uh, um, like something uh, a Hungarian serial killer who, who was killing in the 80s and 90s in Brussels. And because I spent like 15 years in Brussels mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we have friends in common, uh, uh, quite naturally, like after, you know, when he had already advanced a little bit on himself on what he wanted to do. Then he contacted me saying, hey, uh, different people pointed me to you, think that you might be the right uh, partner for that. Uh, uh, not only because apparently you're a decent writer, but mostly also you, you can help with the French and Belgian culture element and, and the language. And, and so we can talk uh, uh, a little more about about like what it means to connect these two vision, you know, mm-hmm. like Hungarian characters and Hungarian director, showrunner, uh, uh, with the Belgian um, and, and French-speaking uh, elements. Uh, and we started talking and we got along very, very quickly after like two meetings, it was already like, like very exciting. And, and we kind of realized that, um, you know, at first the project sounded maybe a bit too much like a, like a cop show. And the more we started to talk, the more we realized that what was interesting to us was not at all the, 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 the crime, the true crime element, you know, of like, how did he got, how did this guy got caught and all that? But actually what happened inside the house of this guy who was, you know, uh, uh, kidnapping and, and, and keeping and, and doing terrible things to his daughters and adopted daughters. I mean, it's a quite dark uh, uh, um, uh, topic, but, but when we suddenly add this um, angle you know, way more about the the the, the victim's uh, point of view and and do, do it dealing with this like haunted house kind of element, like almost like a horror fairy tale uh, thing, and not at all a realistic uh, true crime approach like you can see a lot. Then then it clicked to us and it was like, oh yes, this is this is the project. But we also knew that we needed uh, another perspective on it, and especially a female perspective on, on this story. We could not be just two guys writing that. Yeah. Uh, it became obvious. And so uh, we actually had a common uh, friend, Judith, who, you know, and, yeah, uh, who also went through uh, the serialized program. Uh, 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 so, so, and, and of course, uh, uh, I mean, of course, she completely understood why we, <laughs> we, we, we called her. She really liked. Uh, the idea uh, from the bat and 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 basically we just spent like a year and a half w- working on it mm-hmm. and it's been great of course because of the nature of the of the topic it, it is not uh, it's sometimes difficult to, yeah, to work on yeah. this on the in these elements but but we the collaboration was so great and and I feel like from the start it was obvious that this that this was a co-production, that this was a European project, that that it, it needed our three perspectives, uh, and, and it felt very organic uh, um, f- from the beginning. And so, yeah. so I think this is in part, uh, 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 I guess, what you what the, the committee is looking for, right? Precisely, uh, that's um, something quite important. Is the project really need to be thought for an organic co-production as opposed to financial co-production, as I mentioned earlier? So what 
to mention is basically this transnational artistic vision that is initiated by the writers themselves and focusing on, on creative risk-taking projects. So we're going to be assessing, uh, the committee is going to be assessing the, the the composition of the team, the writer's background, the subject, the, the subject, the tone, the point of view, the genders, the formats, the artistic direction elements of the program, and, and so on. Um, and it's also how unique and original is, is, is creative is this proposal at the moment. So maybe a couple more examples for the for the writers to for the writers and the and the listeners to, to understand um we've been supporting uh, for instance uh, um french director french and spanish director julien paolini and isabelle andres porti so on the one hand you have a, a drama a drama director feature film director on the other hand you have a documentary director and they're working on an action drama set in the 90s world of mma fights between france perpignan and spanish catalonia you can also have the croatian and serbian uh, maya peck brunes um, and uh, matia dragojevic sorry if i don't pronounce the name right they're working on um um, the, the, the screenwriters, they're working on thriller and fantasy series uh, from the, the region uh, and uh, they've been uh, working uh, on, a, on another project, uh, Moon Coast, it's a drama series about the transformation of a remote creation islands into the Ibiza of the Adriatic and the problems that are induced by this sudden change. Maybe one more example would be uh, from an Afri French -African, African perspective, French Burkina Bay director Fabien Dao, Beninese writer-director Angelis Mpatin, who both met at La Femis, the National Film School in France, um, which is, uh, and they're working with a, with a, a visual artist uh, on the project Princesse Tene, which is a West African Western style series set in contemporary Ouagadougou in Burkina Faso, in the, in the colliding worlds of horse races and, and drug trafficking. So very diverse project that really rely on what Pierre mentioned as well, which is this transnational artistic vision. So organic co-production potential. Yeah, that sounds all quite uh, exciting. And I think uh, um, actually this was the fear when we sent the project. It was like, oh, we're sending something way too dark, way too, way too difficult, way, way too, difficult, way, way too you know, not mainstream, mm -hmm. you know, because there's sometimes this this wrong impression that because it's public funding it needs to be you know easy or mainstream or all this but like like i think the, the choices of projects uh, over the last few years really show that that uh, on the contrary you really value very um uh, kind of rough and cut uh, very decided uh, projects i mean that's what i really like about it that's kind of you, 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 i mean you mentioned it a couple of times already that you say it's like it's risk taking projects in a way so you can you can like really go out there and uh, and and dare something and and try something with it and um and then yeah maybe maybe get the grant so do you have any other uh, advice for the people who would want to apply in terms of uh, sure. document well, um, uh, uh, quite a few advice um that's based on my over experience of the committee and and, and running the grants and what the, the member the experts usually say uh it's very important that we we need to understand how unique is your point of view so how do you tap into the project, into this particular topic? Um, and what are the, the, the writers uh, intend and how do they uh, uh, tackle uh, this, this issue? And then uh, how original the concept, the subject and the treatment is. So we're talking about risk-taking and, and I'm not going to talk further about that, but um, this is important. It's important also to be really crystal clear about the concept and how you expose it to readers. So what are the, the themes? The, the, the lines that structure the series in depth, obviously, that's very important to be uh, understood. What's the quality and the, how smooth is the, 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 the drama structure running, be it on a, on, a pilot script, on a pilot synopsis level or throughout the season. Um, it's important that we, we feel and we understand how our presence, the characters, the main characters are. So we don't need any adjectives, any detailed descriptions. It's a 30 pages max application. So go straight to the points. We don't need their backstories unless they really feed off the, the, the drama engine of the project. So the conflicting characters will be always uh, more interesting to the committee than their backstories, obviously. So you need to make finds to make them heard and live throughout the narrative. And um, the characterization of the characters themselves does not boil down to their hobbies, their activities. Um, so that's important. Also, when you're talking about a half a period drama, what makes it a half a period drama? Why not a full half an hour drama? What about the numbers of the episodes? What's the, the density 
on an episode scale throughout the season once once again. Uh, and when you're talking about special genres, let's say dystopian uh, story words, we need to better understand this world because you've created this world. So how close is it to today's modern world? Um, what are the main rules? Maybe you need to spend a bit more detail than for a period drama so we can better understand and have a take at this uh, futuristic story world, for instance. So it's important to ask yourself all these questions before you decide to, to, to apply, obviously. Um, and then maybe on a more... Uh, uh, on another level, another note, we don't need to go really into details. If the details are too specific to you, that make, they make sense, but they're useless when you have a, a seasoned professional assessing them and they read multiple projects. So always put yourself in your reader's shoes as well. As you know, it's, it's important. Another advice would be obviously to uh, peer read and be read. So have your peers read the projects for you. I would even suggest that maybe some relatives that uh, are not into uh, drama, uh, drama professionals could have a look. Usually they're the first one to spot something that might be obvious to them, but not to you or vice versa. And um, if we're talking about a recurring TV series, it's important to give priority to the first season. You need to convince on the first season. What comes at next might be super interesting. Even you can always show that you have the potential to generate a, a sequel or something else is, is coming up. Um, and obviously about the layout of the application, make sure that it's easy to read. Once again, smooth. If you're using mood boards, for instance, they need to be well worked out. Um, if you're using different references, for instance, uh, HBO's succession meets the bear on Disney. Okay, but why? We need to understand what makes it, uh, what, how did these, these references have uh, been feeding off your, your inspiration and your, your writing. So that's it. That's what I would uh, advise our, our listeners and, and want to be applicants. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, great. And, and uh, it, it uh, resonates a lot with, like, I just did a month of teaching screenwriting and, and I feel like, like I, I really... Like I think there's a big emphasis on on it's not because it's a Bible that it should not be an amazing read. Like 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 it's not a, a it's not a technical document. It's it's a it's a document that needs to hook your reader as much or even better than a script. Like make uh, it exciting, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, that, that's the basic question. So we need to ask ourselves all the time. And, and I, I I like the advice you gave us because like it always I don't know when I listen to it it's like okay that's actually the it's a good reminder for us as writers to what our documents need to need to be like, actually. Great. So I think we, we covered a lot of uh, 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 everything that people need to know. So basically, people have uh, three months uh, uh, to... Like what, uh, when, to yeah. be ready for uh, oh, end of August to, to apply. End of August is the next application. Uh, so, okay, we once again, two windows of application a year for this uh, particular grant. The next one is indeed on the 31st to the 31st of August, so two days application online but I, I would not recommend uh, rushing especially if you have an idea and you don't have a very uh, solid concept yet and uh, take some time to read all the resources that the Euro Pudding podcast will be providing you with double check that you're eligible that this is a project that could benefit from the grant not all projects do obviously and once you've cleared up everything if you have any question then get back to us you'll find my contact details online as well uh, once again we're a team of uh, of uh, three uh, uh, here at the at the CNC working on these kind of programs and we're here to help you out but uh, look at the right info and then you can get in touch Three months may be a bit of a rush if you're just jump-starting the projects. So maybe you, you can first reach out if you have any questions, take some time once again, and we're here to, to help you out with your projects. Great. Okay, great. so maybe yeah. not August, uh, uh, but the, uh, at least the next one. Uh, uh, thanks a lot. Maybe to, to conclude, do you have maybe... Um, because I feel like, like you know, I, I also understand in terms of uh, soft power, these kind of uh, uh, um, funds and help for European writers. Um, and and when I look at what's happening, you know, at the moment in the world, the the the, the strike of the American uh, screenwriters, uh, um, WJ screenwriters, um, all, all the talks about AI and 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 like, there's a lot of potential danger or realization that the system is a uh, uh, in a in a strange moment let's say uncertainty, and that right? yeah a, a lot of uncertainty and and for writers it can it can you know uh, uh, writers tend to be the first hurt by 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 these uh, uncertain moments in the industry do you see these these uh, the fund that the sensei is offering and other you know film fund in Europe as a way to to defend some form of 
European culture, soft power, and and the position of the European writers. Like, like and, and are you optimistic for European writers? Yeah, well, I guess we're, we're all very optimistic about uh, TV writers across Europe. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here on this podcast today. <laughs> But um, I think we've made a huge jump from Europe pudding just a few decades ago uh, uh, until until now. The next years will be obviously crucial. There's a lot of, of changes, as you mentioned. But uh, on a personal level, so obviously not CNC's perspective and official position, I, I believe in the in the defense of TV screenwriters and European creation by public institutions. I think what we strive for is maintaining cultural diversity across Europe, uh, supporting local talents, and um, and maintaining our cultural sovereignty when we are trying to balance power dynamics in the face of global streamers' dominance. Um, and it's of paramount importance to us to once again define and share good practices in the co-writing and international co-production across Europe. That's why we have this kind of a scheme for writers is to team up, get some more opportunity, more room, more time, more money, more analysis, feedback to work on your creations. And hopefully that you can contribute to the emergence of European and through CNC in particular, French language uh, IPs. And uh, once again, writers are at the forefront of everything. That's why we have the grants for. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on the podcast. Well, Thanks. thank you very much for all uh, your answers, and I think it was very clear. and And so I think people are now ready, well armed to 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 uh, um, think about uh, their projects and see if it could uh, uh, be you know apt for them. and And we will put, like you said, all the links to 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 the sensei uh, in in and all the information about the kokoi in our show notes. And Louis, thanks again for for being with us. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Pierre. Thank you, Philippe. Auf Wiedersehen. And yes, now you know, um, uh, you know, how, um, how uh, getting <laughs> some money to <laughs> yeah, write know. a project. And I mean, it, you know, like, uh, of course, it's a great, you know, uh, opportunity. But more than that, I really like the fact that it's, you know, actually helping writers directly w without producers to develop real, like, original European projects. I mean, this yes, is definitely, uh, you know, like, I mean, what uh, I, what uh, off, like off mic, we were complaining about the fact that, you know, no one seems to have money anymore to for development yeah, yeah. and stuff like, like, and we're struggling just getting some scraps, getting a few thousand euros from producers yeah. to develop something has become like ridiculously uh, 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 impossible. And, and so the fact that there is a, you know, a strong public uh, body that, that is ready to, to, to help uh, finance some development and project that, that you know, like, like uh, directly to the writers is uh, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, definitely. Also that to support them, like at quite an early stage in a way, of course, like the, the, the idea needs to be worked out. I mean, they, they said like a maximum of 30 pages, but the idea needs to be like already quite clear. Um, yeah, and I think that that's what makes the difference uh, uh, in, in my little experience uh, uh, of that is is having a very strong angle and point of view, not just be happy with an idea and yeah. or, or even just oh, a concept it could be about that, but like really have strong characters, strong arcs, strong like angle and point of view on on your project, and also that the the international or the co-production level needs to feel like as we said, like it needs to feel like organic. It can't just be this like oh Pierre, let me just hit you up with this project, and I have a, a cop show with two cops and like to make this one cop French. Yeah. Exactly, like no, no, that would that, that that's that's not interesting enough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, for sure. But that's what I also like about it. And the advice to take your time with it and not rush it so actually kind of say okay if I, i have a project now of course like three months it still sounds like it's enough time to apply and if you if you do want to try it let's just give it a go but there's also going to be another round uh uh there's two a year so it's going to be yeah, exactly. another round but in you, nine you, you months, cannot so. uh, send the same project again so so you have to yeah, make sure that your project you're saying is really ready and ripe and yeah. and so i think uh, uh, louis was right to to you know say hey first look at what you have look at the all the recommendations uh, uh think think this through and then send the best version that exactly can, of course which yes, is yes. which, which, because which you counts have one, for you have one one shot yeah But uh, you can apply apply with different uh, uh, again with another project. Sure, possible. sure, yeah, absolutely. Possible. Okay, great. So, so talking about a project, no, I mean, no, it's a weird segue, but like uh, um, this is <laughs> yeah. the time to call talk about the cool stuff the we've cool stuff. seen or watched or experienced. <laughs> 
I actually had to think quite hard, <laughs> the cool stuff that I've seen, but I actually came up with something. I mean, uh, of course, I was uh, uh, during my vacation in Jamaica, I had this one lazy uh, evening, as you always have, like during a vacation. And I just like say one one night I stayed in the stayed in my room in a way, and I kind of got into the mood of watching Cool Runnings again. I mean, you know, of course, like, you're, you're in Jamaica. <laughs> what else are uh, yeah. you going to do? So definitely, I mean, I, I actually got into the, the habit of like watching, I don't know, like, uh, I mean, recently I watched rewatched Ghostbusters Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, uh, I don't know, the Austin Powers films and, and, all, and all that. But I don't know, Cool Runnings really, really stuck with me again. And I I, I don't know, really like the, 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 the tone of it, the comedy part of it. Also like the emotional like uh, speeches by John Candy and yeah. And also the ending, which I don't want to give away if you haven't seen it yet, but watch Cool Runnings. I've, I've seen that when I was a kid, when it came out. Yeah, uh, you need to watch uh, it again uh, as an adult, uh, man. Uh, okay, well, um, maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm all for rewatching some, like, nice, uh, uh, good old uh, comedy. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and w- without giving anything away, and uh, to be quite short, I also quite enjoyed um, watching the third season of Ted Lasso recently. I heard a lot of bad things about it, so now I feel I have to make my own opinion. I kind of, but, like, but. the thing is, like, I, during season two, I was a bit, like, back and forth, but I don't know, I kind of, with with me, it's like, I, I, I enjoy watching these characters, I enjoy watching them, like, evolve, and, uh, and I mean, of course, sometimes it's a bit silly, but I think always, like, the the emotional, uh, optimistic speeches, they, uh, they work really well, uh, they just get right to my core, in a way, and that's what makes me, like, really enjoy it. I mean, I, I, t- I totally get it if you're like, okay, it becomes quite cheesy, and it becomes, like, uh, um, the formula of the of the of the entire series, but um, I don't know. I'm 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 a bit of a sucker for these things, and um, yeah, I quite enjoyed the the okay. uh, third season. Well, uh, you know, at when I will again take the Apple Plus uh, subscription, then I yeah. will I will definitely make my own opinion on season three. Uh, season two kind of started to annoy me a lot. Yeah. So so, uh, um, but um, yeah, I mean. I like the first season a lot, and and so yeah, and uh, you know I, I rotate my subscriptions, so yeah, so, yeah. so you know like, um, uh, but uh, I'm also quite interested in watching Silo. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is I having a lot of good reviews. Good? I don't know, but, but uh, you're interested in watching. I mean, okay. So so yeah. the moment yeah. I, I I switch to 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 uh, Apple Plus, I will. You finished Succession. I am in the middle of it. Uh, yes, I mean it's still very good. Uh, to be honest. Like subjectively, it's not my favorite type of show. Like, like, same here, same here. I, I I never really got into it. I have to admit. I mean, I watched it, but it was like I don't know. I never ah, I never found my way into this one. And it's, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, like I mean, it's you know this kind of cold British humor, and there's, there's a point of it where I'm like, I don't care yeah, enough yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, about about these monsters. Uh, but but uh, we, of we course I have to- We the same page there. Yeah, but, I, but I, I have to admit that there are some amazing moments and I really love a, a few things that they do. For example, uh, um, the fact that, you know, they, they write it as comedy. It's obvious that the mm-hmm. ideas for each scene is a yeah. comedy idea. Yeah. But I love how they take these comedy ideas and milk it and push it until it becomes tragedy. Yeah, and and yeah. this is very fascinating. And 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 I also really like how episodes exist in by themselves. Oh, it's the episode on the boat. Oh, it's the episode oh, yeah, in this yeah. thing. You know, I, That's I like- why they go to, to, to uh, uh, I don't know, is it Sweden or, or Norway? Yeah, yeah. Or so so I, I really like this, um, this kind of like, you know, it's not really bubbled, but still like there is an episodic element to it, yeah, which yeah. I, which I, it's, it's something I always uh, uh, prefer to, to, to see in, in, uh, in, even in a very horizontal uh, dramas. But no, actually uh, uh, I watched something that really, really excited me uh, last week mm-hmm. and it's Mrs. Davis. What's that? I Mrs. Davis it, yeah. is a show on Peacock, uh, which you can find in Europe, depending where you live, either on HBO Max, which is still called mm-hmm. HBO Max in Europe, even though now it's Max in the US. Anyway, we live in an absurd, silly uh, time for just, all this. Just but, Google it, and there's always like, you can always yeah. like- And uh, I think in Germany, it's probably on Sky, yeah. or War, something. Anyway, yeah. so, so- HBO usually is yes. on Sky. So oh, wow. it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a show uh, co-created by Tara Hernandez, who was a producer and writer on The Big Bang Theory, which I'm not a big fan of, but anyway, uh, uh, shows like a lot of great experience in, in writing comedy. And uh, Damon Lindelof, who mm-hmm. uh, is the co-creator of Lost and the creator of The Leftovers. Yeah. Uh, and Watchmen. The, the, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, Watchmen uh, was brilliant. Yeah. All stuff that I, I really um, enjoy. And so Mrs. Davis tells the story of a nun played by amazingly by Betty Gilpin uh, from Glow mm-hmm. um, who 
goes on a quest to try to destroy a new AI that everyone in the world seems to have taken as, you know, advice and like, you know, like there is this new tech AI that is now taking over the world, but in a in a benevolent way, but like this nun does not like her. And and this AI basically makes a deal. I will you can destroy me if you find the Holy Grail. All right. And so it sets up a, 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 a silly quest all over the world through France and Spain and whatnot, uh, uh, and Italy and the, and the Pope, you know, like, like it's a mix of adventure, very touching stuff, lots of interesting things about, you know, mother-daughter relationship and trust and love and faith. And, and because faith in AI is the same thing as faith, is it the same thing as faith in God and Jesus? And all that? Yeah. it's just fascinating. It's hilarious. Uh, it's a really, really light watch mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like there's like you know a uh, chase of motorcycle going through giant donuts and uh, yeah, you know yeah. but there's also some gore moments and also some, it's just a very fascinating everything is allowed kind of show yeah and i have to say it's been a why i had as much fun watching tv but also cared also as much for the characters yeah that happens less and less doesn't yeah it? the more you watch in a way it's like, and, yeah. and so so i have to say it's a huge uh, um recommendation uh, uh, on my part that said, I have another thing I want to plug, and this is connected, and it's an article that came out yesterday or for two days ago. Anyway, a few, you know, this is a podcast, so two days ago means nothing, but like recently, <laughs> and it's um, an article in Vanity Fair, uh, yeah. which is actually the excerpts of a book uh, by uh, Maureen Ryan that will come out soon called Burn It Down, uh, and it's a book about the, the, the dark face of Hollywood mm-hmm. and how, you know, some shows are work in a very bad way and like, yeah. you know, all the power and toxic power in, in, mm-hmm. in, in Hollywood still today. And the article in Vanity Fair, which is an excerpt of that book, is called Lost Illusions, the untold story of the hit show's poisonous culture. And I wanted to just mention it because, of course, uh, uh, it reveals the very dark side of Damon Lindelof, uh, uh, which, you know, is really one of my favorite writers. And so it's it's been quite of a shock to, to read this article. Yeah. You know, of course, it was 15 years ago, but still, like, like there's a lot of abuse and toxic behavior that happened in that it's room bet, from bet, from yeah. the from the showrunners and and um it should never happen like like, like yeah. and and if it happens it's because someone let it happen and and i mean we you know in europe we we have our share of egos and uh, and and bad people also but like it, it's been kind of a, a quite sad to read about about this and you know I don't want to start a big philosophical debate. I don't, so, so uh, that's why I felt, you know, uh, I felt I wanted to recommend at the same time a great article by Maureen Ryan about, you know, the failings on Damon Lindelof. And I also want to recommend an amazing show that he created yeah. because, you know, uh, humans are complex and, and uh, um, TV is still TV. And yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. It's just, I felt like uh, uh, both things are interesting and both things can be true. Uh, I just want to conclude maybe on, it's always sad that uh, very talented people have also a dark side. And I don't think, and I think we need to finish with this very toxic idea that you need or you need to excuse a dark side because they're geniuses. I think you can also be very talented and very nice. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, so yeah. so I, I think this, this should never be an excuse. And, uh, and so it was sad to read this. But in any case, Mrs. Davis is still an amazing watch. And if you're interested, we're definitely going to put the article in the show notes, yes. I'm guessing. And to finish a bit on a lighter note, I totally forgot to say what Cool Runnings is about. I mean, I, I said it's like, I mean, we, now we know it's about something with Jamaica in a way. True. But it's basically a, a 19, it's made in the 1990s. It's a comedy about the first Jamaican bobsled team that uh, took part in the Olympics in 1988 in I think it was Calgary. it was Canada it was Calgary Calgary, Calgary yeah. I think so um, yeah um, yes to finish a bit on a lighter note absolutely so. there's a, there's a, there are young people <laughs> listening who have no idea of any of this yeah watch uh, it they have no idea what uh, 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 this movie is they have no idea what Lost is <laughs> uh, so. what's Lost what's who's John Candy what's yes, Cool Running exactly anyway we're old and this was your pudding good night so that's it for this episode of Euro Pudding. Thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon, hopefully, with more exciting guests and topics. You'll find the show notes and links of everything we talked about uh, uh, in uh, on our website, europudding.com, and in your favorite podcast app in the uh, show notes. Yes, and please tell your friends about us, subscribe to us, like us wherever you can. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook, 
Twitter and on Instagram. You have just typed Europudding. Leave us comments. We'd love it. Or get in touch at info at europudding.com. Info at europudding.com. Wow.